Greetings and welcome to episode 76 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. You know, this entire podcast has been devoted to understanding Third Heaven Authority, what it is, how to operate in it, how to uh, pray from heaven's perspective, looking down rather than from earth's perspective, looking up, so many different things that we have covered. But in the midst of all of it, there's the concept of spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is, uh, of course, a major part of that authority and how that we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ has given the ability to use that name in order to uh, come against uh, Satan's tactics, etc. Well, the subject of spiritual warfare then leads me to an area to where I'd like to today introduce a subject, and it'll probably take me a couple of episodes to cover it, and that is why prophetic believers make good warriors. If you're a prophetic believer, now all good believers, I mean, you know, all believers are saved, filled with the Spirit of God, hopefully, and things are going great, and you have the authority over the devil, but there's something unique about prophetic believers, those who are filled with the Spirit to the capacity to where they operate in spiritual gifts and uh, have visions and dreams and so many wonderful things, the Spirit of God moving upon them about. That is an advantage to operating in third heaven authority and being very effective in spiritual warfare. So on this subject recently, I taught a sermon about it. And so I would like to share a clip from that sermon. So just enjoy it. Today, I want to talk to you about why prophetic believers make good warriors. I'm going to invite you right off the bat to um, look with me at 1 Timothy 1.18. A very powerful scripture. This is one that I had never, for years, you, you got to understand I was raised in church. Okay? God bless my wonderful, wonderful parents. And, uh, but this scripture was something that just didn't make a lot of sense to me until probably about a decade ago. When I began to realize what it is that the Apostle Paul was telling that young minister, Timothy. And I want to use that today to expose some spiritual truths to you about what it is that's going to be necessary in order for us as the body of Christ, as prophetic believers, in order to take the land. Whatever that land is for you and your own individual life, of course, it would be your walk with the Lord. It would be for your family. It would be for your own spiritual giftings and anointings. It would be for attaining uh, all of the promises of God that he has given unto you, all the covenant blessings, provisions, everything else. Man, I want your prayers to be hot. I want them to work. You know, I, I want to see you walking in the spiritual realm just as accurately as you do in the natural realm for you to navigate the heavenlies see the form of the lord 
visions, dreams, angelic encounters, power of God. I mean spiritual power release, you know, into this earth, bringing the kingdom of heaven and all the glory of God. We all want that in our lives, don't we? Well, I'm going to help you a little bit today, I think. Praise God. This is not all of it. It's just one, one word, but it'll help you. Why prophetic believers make good warriors. You know that Paul told Timothy um, in the 6th chapter, verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. So we are fighting the good fight of faith. That good fight of faith, as I have mentioned so many times, is fought in the arena of the mind. And I say that from the perspective of this. Regardless of what we do in the spirit or in the flesh, the mind is the hinge that allows us to operate in both areas. Spiritual realm, natural realm. And so there is a good fight. And that good fight is a fight for goodness. It's a fight for all of the things that God wants to have happen in our lives. But it also extends past just our own individual life with the Lord. It extends into our community. It extends into our nation. And in this year, we are experiencing a great fight, a good fight of faith for the soul of America in taking America back. Praise God. And it is a good fight because it's all for the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has covenanted with our nation to bring about. So as I bring all that to bear here at this point, I want you to listen to this scripture. First Timothy 1.18. I'll read it from the New King James, which I normally preach from. It says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Interesting. Everything hinges on the Word of God. Why? The Word of God is truth. The Word of God is a grid whereby God brings revelation to us and whereby we conform to His will and purposes uh, into everything that we do. The Word of God is the stanchion. It's the thing that, uh, that brings to us revelation knowledge. Uh, it's the thing that enhances and brings faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. All of those things. The Word of God is alive. Uh, Paul told Timothy also uh, in this book, he said it's alive, it's God-breathed, and it has the power to transform all things. So I do not wish to neglect the Word of God in anything that I say today. It's the basis. But I want us to get past just the Word. You know, I've said it so many times that I know a lot of believers that know the Bible, but they don't know the Word. And I know some believers who think they know the Word, but they don't know the Bible. I th you know what I mean? We need to know the Bible and the Word <laughs> in that context uh, to understand all things and how they dovetail and work together as a complete whole. Praise God. Well, he says that I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them, the what? Prophecies, you may wage the good warfare. Interesting scripture, isn't it? 
Now, remember, Paul is the one who's saying this. Who's Paul? Well, he was the apostle to the Gentiles. But remember, the apostle Paul walked in the supernatural. Paul was a very intelligent man. We all know that. We know that uh, he had gone through uh, what was equal at the, in those days uh, to a doctorate degree in uh, Hebrew theology, so to speak. He was in training for the Sanhedrin Council. He was a very intellectual person. But not only was he intellectual, he also learned along the way by his transformation, his salvation, and, and the spirit in his life, how to actually walk in the spirit. You'll find that right off the bat, he's knocked off of a donkey. And that was the first supernatural experience. And the Lord speaks to him. He's converted. And then the next experience is, is that he's healed because of a vision that was given to a brother in the Lord. And then the list goes on. He's led by the Spirit. He sees angels. Angels appear to him and keep him uh, and the entire shipload of people from drowning. You know, and I, the list goes on and on. And he, he even mentions in 2 Corinthians 12 there about how that he was caught up to third heaven. All of these things going on in his life. So he knew what he was talking about when he gave this commandment, this charge, this order. It says in the Greek text to Timothy is that by the prophecies wage a good warfare. When he says prophecies there, he didn't say by the last sermon that you heard. He said by the prophecies. Praise God. The Amplified Version says that inspired and aided by them, you may wage the good warfare. God's Word translation says, use these prophecies in faith and with a clear conscience to fight this noble war. The Good News Bible says, use those words as weapons in order to fight well. Those words, what? prophecies supernatural even the amplified version was talking about the prophecies it it mentions the supernatural prophetic intimations of the holy spirit it wasn't man's charge or direction prophecies now when i say prophecies today i wish for you to follow with me in hearing that I am talking about, talking about revelations, revelations, supernatural revelations from the Holy Spirit. Nothing that can be intellectually discerned or transmitted in a natural form to become information in your natural mind. We're talking about revelation of the Holy Spirit through spoken words, either coming through other vessels to us or by the Holy Spirit or God speaking to us within our hearts. Also, I'm talking about a knowing. You just know stuff. Gifts of the Spirit, knowledge, things. Just, wow, you just know that. Also, visions, dreams, angelic visitations. Because these were all the kind of things that the Apostle Paul himself used. And he's giving us a little insight into how he used them. 
as weapons. They were inspirations. They were transformative. They brought God's will. So many different things. But he learned along the way to use them as weapons against the enemy. It kind of reminds me a little bit there also in 2 Corinthians 12, in the middle of the chapter, where he said that he went to the Lord and asked the Lord to get these attacks off of him. And after three times, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. Now, why was he saying that? The Lord wasn't saying, I just calm down and go with the flow. and Whatever happens, happens. It'll either be good or it'll be bad. Or... No, it's a religious tone. He was saying, Paul, you've learned that in my grace is everything you need to be victorious. So in God's grace, I want you to remember that word, grace. Our working definition here of grace, charis, the Greek term, is the unmerited favor and empowering presence of God, enabling us to be who he created us to be and to do what he has called us to do. Because grace includes not only the benevolence of God's graciousness and gift to us without us having to work or earn them other than accept them by faith through Jesus' blood, but also the covering of all things that we do. Therefore, all revelation is under the realm of grace. My grace is sufficient to you. So Paul learned how to use grace, revelation, prophecy, as it were, as what? A weapon. Woo, a weapon. Yes, yes. Lion's army. <laughs> That's why prophetic believers make good warriors. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I had a vision that I want to share with you. You've probably heard it before. But this was probably about 10 years ago. And the Lord took me to heaven. Now, I've been there a number of times. Um, I probably, I, you know, I couldn't tell you, but I know that uh, Steve Schultz asked me a couple of months ago on the air in one of the interviews how many times that I've been to heaven. And I said, countless, but I can tell you those that were initiated by God. You know what I mean by initiated by God? Boom, the Holy Spirit grabs you and he just draws you. You don't even know what's happening until you get there. Okay, that versus when I'm in the Spirit and I'm praying and, and because the Lord taught me the very first time I went how to initiate going there myself by my faith and going into the spiritual realm. So those that Holy Spirit initiated, just taken, caught away. I said, at least probably 12. This was one of them. You know, thinking back, it's probably double that. I don't even know. I lost count somewhere along the line. But here's the point. The Lord took me to heaven. And while I was in heaven, he showed me this large building that I call the Revelation Building. 
And the building was round. It was circular. And it kind of reminded me of what you would think of just in your own mind about maybe like the Pentagon here in, uh, in the United States, the Pentagon building. And there was a door, and then there was a circular hall. You went through one set of rooms, an entryway. There was a circular hall, and then this one hall went all the way across the building. It was divided up. Though there were multiple rooms in it. The Lord said, I want to teach you about revelation in the spirit. So he took me into the first room. And he said, the room that we're now entering is the, revel is the, um, the salvation room. And he said, the way you get into the building is by salvation. He said, notice... That as we go through the door, he opened the door, we went into the room, and we're standing there. He says, you are in a room. You are not in an intellectual concept or an understanding. He said, spiritual revelation occupies an area. And that area is important for you to bring your presence into. And while you are there then you take ownership of the room by your faith. When you take ownership of the room, you thereby have the authority to not only stay there and operate there, but to use all that is available within the room. And it's called authority. Revelation brings authority. So then he took me to the other end of the room and he opened the door and as I mentioned the halls and all the others and I looked down, there's other rooms and he says, he kind of pointed down the hall and he said, there's the baptism in the Holy Spirit room. There's the love room. There's the healing room. In other words, the revelation of those. And he said, in order for you to have all that I've given unto you, you have to go into the rooms and occupy them and manifest your authority. Revelation. I'm going to call it prophetic revelation. And again, spoken, knowing, visions, dreams, angels, regardless of how it comes. Through the word of God, on printed page revealed to us. From the Holy Spirit, speaking rhema words and things to us in personal directions, however it comes. Have borders and atmosphere in the Spirit. Caught your attention, didn't I? When I walked into that first room, salvation room with the Lord, in some ways like you walking into the studio. When you came in, you saw the defining boundaries of the room. We have four walls in here. Now, explaining these things is a little difficult because of the difference between the natural and the spiritual realm. But nonetheless, that's what we have to work with. And the Holy Spirit will give you the understanding. You know, that's just like Jesus, all of his parables. He just explained the spiritual principles by natural things. So that's what I'm doing right now, to the best of my ability. So when you came in, you know the dimensions of this room.
In the spiritual realm, that's truth. The boundaries of revelation is God's truth, which is God's word. As you came in, though, you not only saw the boundaries, you also experienced the atmosphere. In revelation in the spiritual realm, God's truth are the boundaries, but grace of God's spirit is the atmosphere. Let me give you some spiritual equations. Think of it this way. If, you, if you're writing notes, uh, maybe you can draw it on your paper. If you're not, at least draw it in your mind. A circle. And on that circle, label it truth. Inside the circle atmosphere, label it grace. Now, here are the spiritual equations. Truth plus grace equals faith and power. It's the way it works in the spiritual realm. That's what got you saved whether you understood it or not. You know what? When I was physically born, I didn't know I was going to be born. I didn't have any part in it at all. It just happened. But I learned later how it happened. When I was born again, I didn't really understand what was going to transpire, but I learned later how it happened. So that's what I'm addressing right now. If you can be born again, and without knowing it, or having any part of it, so to speak, understanding the wherewithal, how, you know, the dynamics of it, then you can do anything. You can operate in any revelation. Any prophecy, any inspiration from the Lord, any scripture that jumps off of the page, slams you in the heart. And then you start operating in that. You can do it. Any word that God gives you, dream, vision, etc. So, as I said, truth plus grace equals faith and power. I'll explain the power part in a minute. Here's equation number two. Truth, the circle, minus grace is legalism and jail confinement. You cannot remove the grace of the Spirit of God and try to hold yourself and others to what you call truth without it becoming legalistic control. That's not faith. It's fleshly manipulation. Here's a third one. Grace minus truth. If you remove the truth or you open up part of it or whatever so that everything spills together, grace minus truth is confusion and impotence. Liberalism. And again, flesh. So you can see 
that when we're talking about this whole idea of revelation, and again, we're going back to why prophetic believers make good warriors. Revelation has borders and atmosphere in the spirit. And when you are mature enough spiritually to understand that and learn how it operates, at that particular point, you enter into an area of faith and power in God. Wow, I think that you can tell the Spirit of God was really speaking to you about many subjects uh, from that clip. I think the Holy Spirit is coming upon you, and I really want to pray with you about that now, that He would open to you all of the understandings of that particular subject, because the more effective we are in operating spiritual warfare, then I think the greater impact that we have, not only in souls for Jesus Christ, uh, but also in signs and wonders through our ministry. What about just your own family? What about your children, your wife, your husband, all of the things that pertain to your own specific life? And that warfare leads you to a place of binding to where also you're able to loose and release the things of heaven into this earth. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ right now, I pray for each and every listener. And as I do, Lord, I just pray now that the power of God would release upon them now. The revelation would rise up within their hearts and in their minds, and they would catch that, and they would seek spiritual encounters and spiritual revelations to the point that what they can do now is that they can wage a good warfare by those and become so much more proficient, effective, and impacting in the spiritual realm to bring the kingdom of God into this natural realm. I thank you for them now in Jesus' blessed and holy name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. And uh, make sure that you get notifications for all the upcoming episodes. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.